Industry Pods and Evergreen Podcast Network are pleased to present the following podcast. Okay, welcome everyone uh, for a lively panel discussion here. My name is Ashok Ranadive and I have esteemed panelists with me, Eric Spagenberg, who is CEO of IPV, Rasik Morani, CEO of Arcadia, and Bhargav Perepa, Principal Blockchain Architect at IBM. We are going to be talking about uh, building enterprise-grade applications on Casper. We have about 30 minutes, and the structure that we have uh, for our discussion today is we'll start with short introductions, and I'm encouraging and inviting my panelists to kind of share one fun fact along with their introduction. Uh, thereafter, I have some directed questions uh, for each of the, the panelists, and then some open questions we will uh, kind of discuss together. So let me quickly go first, uh, introducing myself. My name is Ashok Ranadive, Director of Professional Services. I joined Casper Lab for two and a half years back in the early days uh, of the startup. Uh, prior to joining Casper Labs, I've spent 12, year, uh, 12 years at Google in different locations in uh, India, Singapore, and the Bay Area, primarily managing professional services and large programs. Prior to Google, I was with Indian Navy and retired as a commander after full, full commission. By education, I'm um, I'm a postgrad in nuclear engineering, and I also have MBA from XLRI and an executive MBA from Stanford. Uh, over to you, Eric. Hey, good afternoon, good evening. Um, my name is Eric Spangenberg. I'm the CEO of IPW. Um, IPW is modernizing the world's uh, patent system. Uh, we've been working with Casper for about a couple of years now, um, and uh, Look forward to talking to you this evening. Thank you. Over to you, Rasik. Absolutely. So my name is Rasik Marani from Arcadia. Uh, we're a software development and security company building in the Casper ecosystem. We primarily work in the DeFi space as well as uh, with the layer one blockchains and uh, in zero knowledge proof cryptography. Over to you, Bhargav. Ashokan panel, thank you. Uh, my background is basically, uh, I'm an IBMer for uh, about 27 years. Uh, I'm a software engineer with a business uh, educational background. My skills are uh, primarily in uh, Hyperledger Fabric, as well as a bit on Casper Labs. I want to thank you for uh, uh, having worked with Ashok, Eric, and the rest of the team. Over to you, Ashok. Thank you so much, um, Eric, uh, Bhargav, and Rasik. Um, Eric, um, as, as CEO of IPV, and you know, IPV is blazing a trail by selecting a public protocol for your product. And it's a very interesting product that you're developing at IPV. Tell us a bit about uh, you know, why a public protocol uh, was suitable for your particular business needs, and what features did IPV need uh, in, in the public protocol? Yeah, so um, look, we, we operate exclusively in the enterprise world. So uh, first and foremost, and pretty much everything we do um, is we need to do something that's acceptable to enterprise. Some, and we work with some of the largest corporations in the world. Um, and we work with corporations uh, around the world, uh, including in uh, China, the US, EU, um, as well as as well as the southern hemisphere. So that so as we were going through and we like 
probably many of the companies um, started out, took a really hard look at uh, Ethereum um, and then discovered this thing called gas costs um, and understood that the variability in that cost model wouldn't work for us. Um, and so we went out and cast a very broad net with um, working with uh, IBM and we did a deep analysis on which protocol we thought would work best globally for our enterprise customers. We came up with a hundred requirements, but there were a handful of them that ultimately were really key. And the first one was, is that it had to be available globally. Um, and when you do that, you get reduced to the number of available chains as a result of uh, the BSN network in uh, China. Um, and then we thought about, you know, whether or not that was, you know, adequate to drive a decision. We ultimately decided that we was. Um, and then after uh, going through and building out the requirements, um, we ultimately became extremely comfortable that the key for us was not just Casper Chain, which we thought had some interesting attributes that work, would, work, would work best for our enterprise companies, but also the ability to work with the Casper Labs team um, was critical to us. Relatively small company, about uh, 25 people. Um, and so we were not prepared to go it alone. Um, and for, for us, that, the, that, that was also a critical factor. But again, at the end of the day, um, the thing that is most important to us is buy-in from the uh, many enterprise customers that we, that we, that we work with. Um, and that was ultimately the key decision-making for us. Thank you, Rick. Um, thank you for, for bringing the the requirements and how you know you went about selecting uh, a public blockchain uh, for your business purpose um coming over to uh you bargo uh, we know enterprises are exploring blockchain technology um what is ibm hearing from its customers about blockchain platforms and their requirements ashokan panel thank you so i want to i want to take this question and answer in in three specific um, sections uh, how what we are seeing from the field uh, today uh, what we are looking forward to as we evolve the next generation of these blockchain solutions um, tomorrow and into future and what are the core requirements enterprise class applications might need right so today we are seeing solutions that are uh, programmable rules for value exchange with replicated shared immutable ledgers Okay, so clearly we are seeing that. We're also seeing that businesses are actually deriving benefits and value from their existing solutions. One of the things that we have noticed, unlike um, popular uh, writings, is today's solutions are not really disrupting. Instead, they are actually working as complementary to existing uh, structures, especially the removal of a third trusted third parties and intermediaries those things are actually not happening today so our solutions are a little bit complementary um, the other things we are very clearly looking in today's solutions the supply chain uh, solutions are really getting intelligent especially in the domain of track and trace and provenance uh, when you look at logistics when you look at food supply chains pharmaceutical financial supply chains and other EDIs and other, um, you know, uh, applications. Now, what exactly are we likely to see towards uh, next generation of these um, distributed decentralized applications? 
clearly we know now that business leaders are convinced this is a technology that has a future. And if you look at top five initiatives across the board from leadership, one of the things that they're, they're focusing on is blockchain technology. So there is a future and, and there, there is uh, businesses are convinced. Second thing we learned from this experience and into the future is, I think any solution that leads by technology uh, is not the issue. We need to lead blockchain solutions with the business outcomes because technology is looking to be easier than forming collaborative consortium memberships and bringing parties together, right? So that's the uh, lesson we are learned and we are looking forward to as I think will be reinforced. If you look at some of the production quality blockchains today, TradeLens, Foodtrust, trust your supplier, we trade uh, for finances and uh, for contracts, uh, Ligon and other things. It's not the technology that was proven challenging. It's bringing all these consortium members together and having a successful network is, is what we experienced as, as more difficult, right? So the other uh, big lesson into the future is it's not always the permission private uh, blockchain networks. The future is a mix of private, public, and a consortium based. We clearly see that possibility and opportunity, and that's where the roadmap is. And the reason for that is, again, if you look at the tokenization, which is actually uh, helping and accelerating blockchain adoption, both in the wholesale and the retail side, especially in the context of finance, and also the digital identity and verifiable credentials. So given these two trends, it's no longer viable that the future solutions are only permissioned. That's where Casper Labs and some of the protocols like Casper Labs come into play. It's not just uh, permissioned anymore. Um, the other thing we are noticing uh, versus today's solutions, the future solutions are going to be not sharing the actual data, competitive information on the ledger publicly. Instead, the proofs of the correctness of the data and the validity is what will be on the ledger. You know, we're talking about zero knowledge proofs and, and making sure the proofs and assertions are on the ledger rather than the data itself. I think that's another lesson we have learned. Um, the other uh, key pieces we believe in, the third parties, the intermediates, intermediaries will not be eliminated. They will still be needed, especially the wallet vendors and, and um, you know, other players like custodians will still be needed. And the other trend we are seeing is uh, you will have to have a network interoperability between the, uh, various technologies and protocols. So that's another trend we will be getting into. Asha. That, that, that's an amazing summary, Bhargav. Thank you so much. Um, that, that's quite, quite eye-opening for me, you know, uh, when you say that um, the, the, the third parties and you know intermediaries will still have a role to play um, and, and uh, calling out that the business needs will should be driving and not just a tech tech for tech sec uh, driving the the future growth uh, it's interesting uh, also that you bring out public private network and how they need to kind of work together uh, in future 
and that's one of the strengths for Casper is uh, Casper can be deployed as a, as a private network or a public network, which is already live, uh, or could be a hybrid kind of a solution. Um, the AWS uh, one-click template that we have for our node deployment, you know, at the click of a, uh, at the click you can deploy a node or you can create a public, uh, a private network or, or deploy a node that can join a public network. So um, great, great to hear, you know, um, and, you know, reinforce uh, our, our thinking uh, from your end. Uh, moving over to uh, Rasik, as a CEO of Ar Arcadia, you are heavily involved in DeFi and other layer one public protocols. How is Casper technology different from other layer ones in this ecosystem? Absolutely, yeah. So Casper's, uh, uh, I guess, main standout difference is flexibility, uh, which is quite interesting uh, considering the larger uh, O1 ecosystem. Casper's, uh, 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 I guess, the way Casper's implemented its contracts uh, makes it so that uh, as things are needed or um, as new innovations come along, it can be easily added in uh, without having a massive and disruptive change across the board. Now, of course, that's uh, contingent on the size of the change, but for the most part, the Casper development team has actually been pretty good about uh, making it like pretty backwards compatible. And the gas cost introduced uh, in like other chains, uh, Casper is actually very competitive against that. And uh, one of the cool things about Casper is, is that uh, excluding the gas cost for a second, uh, one of the big things is, is the block limit. So generally, when you have a, a, a another, another uh, like, uh, like I guess, standard smart contract blockchain, you have uh, block limits. Basically, how much of a smart contract ex execution can happen or how complex of one can happen inside of a single block. Uh, Casper's structure is in such a way that that's not as big of an issue. And that allows for much more complex uh, contracts to actually go into play without having uh, uh, to be worried about Hey, can I actually do this in this block? So uh, that's I think that's one of the bigger points because and it's often overlooked that uh, it's actually possible to do substantially more complex because you can go on Ethereum, you can dis uh, and you could theoretically make the gas cost in, in, extremely cheap, but that's not going to solve the block limit problem there. Now there's also some amazing stuff in regards to being able to package smart contracts together and import them in later as Rust packages. Now, of course, um, Casper uses Wasm, so it's possible to do that in other languages as well. And that, that that's pretty awesome. Right now, other chains are actually starting to uh, look into that model as well. And adoption on that side is actually a lot slower because it's uh, coming in later versus right out of the box with functionality for that. So that's I, I'd say uh, that's what makes Casper different. Uh, yeah. Sorry for going a little bit fast. <laughs> Uh, thank you so much, uh, Rasik. Uh, you always have like so much of you know know-how there you know, in this space for such a long time. Um, it, it it immediately kind of you know uh, shows up because you're talking so much about you know um, the details, uh, so much into the details. Thank you so much for um, you know throwing throwing the light on this uh, Absolutely. specific aspects. Um, I would like to open up uh, to you know the discussion with with this question now, and I'll invite each one of you, and, and we can talk about it. So, um, I, IBM and IPB and, and Rasik, you you you've been working with Casper Casper Labs um, for a period of time now. What has your experience uh, been working with uh, Casper Labs? And, and maybe I you know. I can start with Bargo and then we can go around and we can probably have a discussion also around that. 
Ashok, thank you so much. My experience um, working with uh, Casper Labs, uh, you rest of Meda and the rest of the team, developers that we you know work very closely, amazing. Absolutely, um, really amazing. Uh, the kind of attention to detail and the, and the hand holding sometimes. Uh, I mean, we we have a very rich and deep uh, uh, skill base from permission ledgers. Uh, our background is really. Uh, more into hyperledger fabric and re related technologies. So it, it's a shift for our thinking and uh, it's very exciting to work with Casper Labs in my, from personal point of view. Uh, technology is amazing, uh, you know, the, the professionalism and, and the team and their knowledge. I mean, we, we work as one team right now. Yeah, that, that's incredible. You know, we have been working with um, IBM's core team, um, and we, we really work as one team. That, that's something that really, you know, stands out. Um, Eric, uh, we have been working with IPV and, you know, your, your CTO and your team, um, I think for almost over a year now. Uh, what your experience has been? No, look, it's, it's been excellent or I wouldn't be here, right? It's as simple as that. Um, we, uh, uh, you know, we, we feel like we've grown up with you a little bit. Um, and you know, I, I, this was just, it's so hard to remember that just three years ago, when you'd go to a large enterprise and start talking to about blockchain, they would start immediately. The first question would be, they'd mean, oh, you mean Bitcoin? Um, and the, the, the curve that it, it, we've experienced, just the change in the learning curve between that and today. And, and for IPW, it's a little bit different. We're, we're, we're not pitching the CTO, right? Our, our, our solution is directed primarily to finance business development, corporate development, a little, a little bit on the risk management side. So, and you know, we're dealing with a critical asset of the corporation and it's actually one of the bigger assets on their balance sheet. So we will literally get questions from them that are completely out of left field. Um, and so we have to come back, you know, we, don't, we don't have, you know, 40 developers on our staff. So we have to come back to Casper Labs. And it's amazing that the, the response that we get um, from, from the team is just exceptional. And as I said, in response to my first question, it was, it was a big part of our decision to go with Casper was to know they would have the support of Casper Labs. Um, and I, I can't imagine being on the journey we've been on um, without you guys. Thank you so much for your kind words, Rick. Um, one of the things, you know, in terms of like how the ethos of uh, Casper Labs has evolved, um, Rinal Manohar, our CEO, and Meda, um, CTO, who spoke a little bit earlier, um, uh, there, there has been focus on creating an, uh, uh, an organization which is enterprise-focused. So it's not only the, the, the core technology, but the team that has been built is, is such that um, it comes from um, years of enterprise experience and years of experience of building enterprise-grade software. And that's that's what um, we see reflected in the way we interact with um, you know you know clients and our, our customers and our partners. Um, Rasik, what, what are your views? You, you've been you've been a, a very strong partner uh, for, for since the very Absolutely. beginning. Yeah, it's uh, I found the Casper team to be exceedingly patient with us. Uh, <laughs> so uh, since we started working with with Casper Labs. Uh, uh, we've been, it's been a learning process because we've, uh, our developers have been primarily in other chains, uh, uh, primarily working in uh, 
Rust in some chains and uh, primarily Solidity. So uh, our experiences were kind of in different areas. So uh, working with us through the debugging process and kind of iterating with us on the different uh, uh, DeFi products we're building on chain uh, has been extremely helpful. So uh, the patience that they've shown with us has been, uh, or I guess you guys have shown with us, which I, I know that sounds kind of weird uh, like hearing that, but basically whenever you're dealing with uh, uh, operating on a new blockchain, this is always a problem. Who do you talk to? Uh, how long until they rage quit the chat? Not, not literally, but fi figuratively, because there's always uh, right. some level of complexity with it. And outside of that, the excitement is, is fun because there's, uh, there's always a level of burnout after a while, right? In, in terms of building on a blockchain. But with Casper, that hasn't uh, happened even after, I, I think at this point, two years. So it's very exciting to see it. Uh, uh, and um, I, I believe the technical sk uh, skill we've uh, experienced has been fantastic as well. So, yeah. Yeah, th thank you. Thank you for, uh, for, for the appreciation here. Um, yeah, one of the things that we realize, um, particularly when, when we are set out to build uh, enterprise-grade uh, blockchain and working with enterprises to bring real-world assets onto the chain, um, we wanted to make sure that uh, you know, we built a, a services team, a pro professional services team, which enterprises can actually go to. Uh, realizing that blockchain is not a solution in itself, but uh, is a part of the overall solution, a, a part, a piece of the jigsaw puzzle that any enterprise is kind of putting together to solve their customer problems, right? Um, making sure that we are available, we are only a phone call away. I know getting on a call with Vargo on a Sunday <laughs> and spending two hours <laughs> trying to trying to figure out uh, ERC20 uh, implementation. So uh, that, that has been exciting and, and we, we come with those ethos and you know those values. Um, moving on, um, blockchain is, is kind of still in, in still early stages of technology, right? Um, it, it's not been it's not been you know, 100 years or it's not been 50 years. It's, it's very recent. It's a few decades, maybe just a decade that we are into uh, this technology. How do you uh, see this space evolving over the next five to 10 years? Uh, maybe I can start with um, Eric this time. Yeah, so my, uh, my crystal ball is no better than uh, anyone else's. But what I like, what I'm seeing is, is that the questions have shifted on the enterprise side from the sort of what is it, right? That just the curiosity phase to, you know, how can it help me? And, and that's always a great transition when, 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 you're, when, you're, working with, when you're working with big companies. Um, so I think that the thing that we'll see over the next few years, whether it'll be 10 years or not, but much like in, I remember in the late 90s, um, when I was just getting my career started, that we would, you know, argue whether we were a, a you know, a, a .NET Windows or or Linux shop, right? I I, I see that changing, um, and relatively rapidly. I have no. I, I, what I think that will happen is is that people are gonna people are gonna be inclined to go with the one that works for them, um, and I think that the strategy that you have with the you know Casper design, thinking about it from an enterprise perspective, Casper Labs, thinking about it from a service perspective is, is the right way to go. Because at the end of the day, what our clients care, our enterprise clients care about is what it does and how it makes their life easier. 
And that's what I see happening is finally starting to deliver on that promise that we've heard about for, you know, the last uh, 10 years, I guess, at least the last, you know, seven years, eight years. Um, and to me, that's significant to finally see that, yeah, it's really happening. I believed it three years ago. I believed it two years ago. But today I can say I, I really see it happening. And I think the companies we work with are seeing, seeing it happen as well. And that's super exciting and expect that only to accelerate. Thank you. Um, over to you, um, Rasik. Absolutely, yeah. So uh, I'm generally a pessimist, but uh, in this situation, I'll give my optimistic outlook. Uh, I think that we're going to see a lot of, uh, in the general, I'd say the crypto space, we're going to see a lot of hardening in terms of uh, getting more uh, more mature and uh, getting uh, more put together in a manner that it can stand up to regulatory scrutiny and uh, uh, kind of putting together the ability to, uh, to exist unencumbered. And from there, uh, across the board, right now we're seeing a definitely, definitely an NFT bubble. I think that will be probably cooled down into a different form uh, in five years, which is similar to how, you know, colored coins advanced uh, into tokens today and uh, completely different look from uh, four or five years ago, but still having the same uh, intended goal, as well as with, um, I think that we're going to see uh, more user-friendly stuff. Right now, uh, if you try uh, pitching blockchain or DeFi or anything along those lines to someone, uh, you're going to have like an empty stare for a bit. Uh, but soon we're going to be uh, at a point, and I, I know the question is five to 10 years, but I'd say that's maybe like two to three years out, uh, actually having user-friendly stuff that, you know, it's three or four clicks and you've taken out an under-collateralized loan for a large amount of money. Now, under-collateralized loans is some, and things along those lines in, in the crypto space is something I'm very excited for. And I think that if it can't be solved in five to 10 years, I'm going to be very disappointed with people. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Rasik. Um, over to you, Bargo. My apologies to Rasik. Actually, I, I see a lot of things in life as um, half full glass but working in blockchain for last five plus years i have to admit uh, we have some more work to do but i see as uh, eric is mentioning this is the time there are three good things uh, as i mentioned previously that give me hope real hope one big takeaway is there is a business value and businesses early pioneering companies are reaping so there is a value number two most leadership uh, are decision makers in enterprises now know that this technology if they ignore it's going to be at their peril it's still not easy for them to understand so we have some knowledge diffusion to do we have some advocacy to do but it's very clear if they ignore they are at peril so that's a good news right so we can progress and hopefully you know take it to the next level in my view i think um, as I mentioned, some of the trends, yeah, I, I don't believe all the intermediaries will disappear overnight, but I think right now we are in a, in a tolerate mode with this technology, but the next cycle is going to be really disruptive. That's actually is going to do some game changing. So that's my belief. Now, will it happen in five years, 10 years? I think, I think it is not still a well understood technology. So we have to educate and advocate, but I think there are good signals. That's my view, Ashok. Thank you. And and Bhargav, I know that you know you you've been 
you know, attending seminars and kind of um, helping disseminate the knowledge and, you know, uh, helping people understand the technology. So thank you very much for your contributions there as well. Um, uh, last question. I, I think we've got three minutes left. I, all Rasik, Eric, and you know Bargav, you have experience working with Casper Network as well as Casper Labs as an organization focused on enterprises. What would your advice be to um, any enterprises who are planning to build on Casper Network? Uh, maybe I can start with uh, Eric. Yeah, um, look, there's in, in this adoption phase, there's still an educational component. Um, and I think that the key for a, a, any enterprise that's heading in this direction or thinks that they're heading in this direction is, you know, Talk, talk to the people at Casper Labs. I, I, I just can't imagine making a business decision tied to which chain am I going to implement, which chain, which one am I going to dedicate significant resources on without doing that. So basically educate yourself and the decision will become apparent. Thank you. Rasik? Absolutely. So uh, one thing that I've learned uh, with uh, some of the enterprise clients we've taken on is uh, there's always the, uh, Scott, I wouldn't say fear of innovation, but it's more along the lines of uh, uh, kind of struggle with that. And it doesn't have to be innovative when you're integrating blockchain technology. So uh, it's always good to keep that in mind whenever uh, looking at different ways to apply it. It can be something that a road that everyone else has already trodden. I know that's a kind of a boring piece of advice. <laughs> So Ashok, from my point of view, uh, you know, my advice to anybody who is thinking about uh, getting onto a protocol and, and a blockchain solution, um, just to give, uh, be open-minded and give a try to Casper Labs. I, I, I want to tell you, you will be compelled to get impressed with the, with your choice. I mean, that's my view. I, I knew nothing until this April and I'm a big, huge fan of Casper Labs. So it's it's very compelling and very competitive. So give it a try and you know prove it to yourself. That's my two cents. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you so much, Eric, um, Rasik, and Bargo. Uh, really appreciate your time um, coming over here and you know uh, giving your sharing your experience um, of building on Casper and working with uh, Casper Labs. Thank you so much. Um, just as a summary. Uh, Casper Labs uh, is a professional services organization building solutions using um, so solutions on Casper network. Casper is a public network, uh, enterprise grade, uh, future-proof public blockchain. Uh, we welcome you to come over and, and read up on Casper and uh, understand the technology. We'll be happy to kind of work with you to build enterprise grade solutions. Peace. Peace. Peace.